You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasting or live program scheduling. Hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Take 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say Ashe. We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, 
Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Shemhotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotel Family. Hope everything is well for you today. Hope you're going to get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. And I hope the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it isn't, and boy, I'll tell you, it's going to be a mother. If you ain't got to go, but if you do, just dress accordingly, okay? Because <laughs> it's going to be serious. I mean, even in the South, it's go- this, this, this 
Alberta, whatever they call it, the clip of uh, this deep freeze is going all the way into Florida. The, the panhandle of Florida will be affected, you know, Tallahassee and Pensacola and so forth. All throughout the east and the Midwest, the Midwest is already in single digits. It's going to be extremely cold here on Friday for sure, going from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and into Monday. So the Christmas weekend, you know, yeah. So if you don't have to, I understand. But if you got to, and it must be done, it can be done, it should, should be done, because it will be done, because you'll do it. Man. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, just go to the archives at timeforanawakening.com at the top of the page. You'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be story. There will be episodes or programming that are dated and titled. Also, too, you can use the shortcut, whatever search engine you use, Internet Explorer, Google, Firefox, whatever, BB to me, a BB to me, A D I B I T U M I dot com, a BB to me dot com. That's a search engine, too, you can use. Um, put in, you know, Baba Oshi dot net, B A B A O S H I dot net, Baba Oshi dot net, and there will be. Programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening is just me and Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So these other programming are just having hiatus and then we're going to be trying to get more programming. But hey, I'm here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. My level of dedication and commitment to helping to, you know, free the African mind is is sincere and committed. And so is Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. It's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening every Friday at 8 o'clock and Sunday at 7 o'clock. Time for an awakening. And African Perspectives, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. That's us. We buy black. We buy black. The the largest online market largest online marketplace for American African owned businesses is webuyblack.com brothers and sisters get everything you need from American African owned businesses webuyblack.com brothers and sisters this is the holiday season and the spending of the holiday season you may want to get some Kwanzaa gifts some Zuwadi some books and some so forth and you know go to webuyblack.com you might get other products from webuyblack.com but all of the things that are asking us to, to purchase and to patronize brothers and sisters. If we don't, who will? Please do. WeBuyBlack.com. Africa for the Africans. Africa for the Africans. Brother Bomani Tayemba. And he has a good outline here, of course. Uh, he has taken the brothers and sisters to uh, Senegal. There was tours to the Serengeti. And of course, you can see um, Mount Kilimanjaro, you know, and it's just beautiful. That was November. That was last month, the 17th through the 28th. And it'll happen again next year, November 16th through the 27th of 2023. It was 4,000 this year. 
next year in 2023 it'll be 42 of course, you know things do go up, but his brother's trying his best to keep it to a degree where you can, you know, pay on it, put a down payment on it, and pay on it, and take that trip of a lifetime. Upcoming, December 24th, okay, that's this weekend. That's this week, a few days from now, and he'll be in Ghana until the 5th of January, December 24th, 5th of January, 2023. Senegal and Gambia, March 30th through April 10th. 2023 Ghana back to Ghana again May 24th to June 5th and then Rwanda July 20th to July 30th 2023 Tanzania November 16th through the 27th 2023 Azania and that's going to be December 24th to January 4th 2024 and then Liberia March 29th to April 9th 2024. Brothers and sisters, go to Africa for the Africans.org. If you want to see pictures, go to Facebook.com forward slash Bomani. You want to see videos, go to YouTube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. And if you want to give Brother Bomani a call, I know he's kind of busy right now trying to put things together. So you know it's going to be kind of tough. So, but hey, 404 931 9429. Just keep that number. 404 931-9429. Africa for the Africans. Habesha. Habesha.org. Habesha stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. The programs that the Habesha has, of course, here in the Atlanta area is Habesha Works, which these are sustainable um, growing products, sustainable black to our roots, sustainable seeds, golden growers, and urban green jobs. Of course, the Kashi Project was launched. They had the uh, they had the dates buried back in October, and it's going great. I mean, it's beautiful. When you go online to HabashaIncorporated.org, you can see for yourself, family. You can see for yourself. He has pictures up. All right. HabashaIncorporated.org. You can see it for yourself. <laughs> the Ledge Group. Ledge stands for Land for the Environmental Development of Group Economics. Brother Peter Brown. Brothers and sisters, support the Ledge Group because they provide leadership on, on the continent in the four areas of human existence. Food, water, clothing, shelter. They have 12 projects in six different countries with over 170 employed and over 260 members. Brothers and sisters, become a member of the Ledge Group. If you remember, we said if you are a member of the Ledge Group, you can buy land in Tanzania. The land might be near the Serengeti. You can go out and sit on your porch and gaze at all the beauty. Or your land may overlook. You know, and just you can go out there and see Mount Kilimanjaro. I don't know. But hey, take a trip. You know, he's going to go to Tanzania next month, November. Take a trip. All right, brothers and sisters, that's the Ledge Group. Land for the Environmental Development for the Group Economics. Brother Peter Brown. Uh, the um, Smy Pharmacy is down for a minute. And of course, Smy Pharmacy, Brother Jabril, if you want to give him a call at 404-838-1726. That's, I don't have the other Smy Pharmacy number. That's, I have to remember so many numbers, family. <laughs> and, now, and my memory's going. So <laughs> I have to remember a lot of numbers, don't I? <laughs> wow. But Brother Jabril at 404 838 one seven two six. Smy Pharmacy. 
The uh, Jackson Water Rescue is on an operation with the Moses West Foundation. Brothers and sisters, go to the MosesWestFoundation.org where it says donate now. Click on that. And if it's Jackson Water Rescue, your money goes specifically for that. If it's the other projects that are happening, there will be eventually an African uh, donation specifically for Africa and the water programs that will be going on there. Um, I just got word that Brother Moses will be in the Atlanta area. He's receiving an award. There's other things that are happening. I'm, I talked to Brother Apollo last night. I'm extremely excited. They definitely want to um, make me a part of what's happening. And I appreciate that, you know, because this thing is, is serious, family. It's serious. And, and it's something that, you know, uh, yes, there's climate change. We recognize that. We recognize the water levels across the world, you know, here in this country. You know, there's some serious problems, particularly out west, to the west of this, out in the western part. I mean, even though we're freezing here in the eastern part, east of the Mississippi, west of the Mississippi, particularly in the southwest, there's serious water problems. But once again, the issue of water, there is water, family. The issue is access to water. And what Moses West and the Moses West Foundation has done with A. W with the A W um, the A W G the atmospheric water generator the A W G the atmospheric water generator and the M W F the Moses West Foundation they're making that vision come in reality so the the atmospheric water generator, you put that wherever you are, it sucks the moisture out of the air, goes through a filtration process. And, and believe me, there's some new technology that Moses West is working on. I was informed by Brother Apollo. This is exciting, family. Please make that one of your donations. The Moses West Foundation.org. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you, family, this is exciting. Ah. But Dada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar, located in the West End here in Atlanta, the West End, uh, which of course is trying to be gentrified, but it won't because the brothers and sisters are going to be like, hey, this is us. The West End is us. You know, the Shrine of the Black Madonna, Soul Vegetarian, Wadada's, and many things, many other things that are happening there. You know, Afrocentrics right there on Lee Street, which I just bought me some replacement stuff for my Kwanzaa kit. You know, that's what's happening. So with Dada's and the shrine, of course, the shrine is open this weekend and you can buy stuff. You can buy your Kwanzaa stuff from there as well. Aside from Afrocentrics over on Lee Street, you know, uh, uh, the shrine has furniture and clothing and artifacts and books. The red, black and green shoes, which I'm trying to buy some. I just talked to, to Brother Kazim Deajamu over at the Black Dot trying to get me some, trying to get those uh Nat Turner's. I like those shoes because I love Nat Turner too, you know. <laughs> yeah, with Dada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. Brothers and sisters, give me a call. You know, they have vegan food for sale on Saturday. Well, Sunday is, is Christmas. I'm not sure about that, but hey, I would. 
damn Christmas. I just I be open. And they should be open. So hey, they might be. You can get you some vegan food. 404-444-1635. That's 404-444-1635. With Dada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar. The Medu Bookstore at the Greenbrier Mall. Mama Nia. Brothers and sisters, contact Mama Nia at the Medu Bookstore at the Greenbrier Mall at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. You know, she has a fine selection of books. And for those who are into Kwanzaa, uh, you know, Kwanzaa does have gifts, which are called Zawadi for children. And why don't you buy, go there and buy a book? Because, you know, you probably ain't going to buy a book for Christmas. They don't have toys, game, all that. But go ahead and buy a book. Support her. Buy a book for Kwanzaa. And give it to your loved one, your little child. For Zawadi. Gifts. All right, 404-346-3263. With Dada's. Excuse me, with Dada. I'm looking at the word with Dada's. The Metu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. The other bookstore we promote is, of course, is Brother Gazim Diajamu at the Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore and Coffee Bar located out there in Lithonia, which is east of Atlanta, off of I-20, off of I-20. And, uh, of course, you exit and make a left, and you go straight down, and uh, it's about less than a mile. And on the left is the Black Dog Cultural Center and Bookstore. Give Brother Gazemdia a jumbo call at 770-305-6373. 770-305-6373. Brothers and sisters, there is light in the Black Dot. And the new Black Wall Street Market, which I'll be giving a presentation on Kwanzaa on the 30th. I'll say more about that, but the new Black Wall Street Market located the next exit east of where the Black Dot is, okay, in Lithonia. The next exit east in Stonecrest, the new Black Wall Street Market, exit 75 at Turner Hill Road. Make a right, and then after you make that right, you know, there's three lights. And the third light, make another right. And on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. All right, family. Us lifting us. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. Their Thursday night broadcast this Thursday night at 9 p.m. Tomorrow night from 9 to 10 on blogtalkradio.com. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash U-L-U. Us lifting us. Brothers and sisters, if you want to listen, uh, you can uh, you can call to listen or call to give questions, comments, or concerns. Otherwise, you can go online at black, uh, blogtalkradio.com. But if you want to call to listen or call to make questions, comments, or concerns, dial 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. All right. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. The Homeland Village Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Brother BG, he's got everything. I'm telling you, man, he's got everything in that shop of his and his beautiful family. He even has a restaurant. He has a vegan restaurant in the shop. He's open Tuesdays through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tuesday through Sunday. He's located at 2910 Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia. Give Brother BJ a call at 478-256-1166. That's 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. 
Sun Goddess Sense. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, Booth 225. Brothers and sisters, give my sister, Shelly Amonset, a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Ah, yes, Sanjay Dash Haiti. Brothers and sisters, I tell you, the work that she's doing in the northern, in the north, eastern portion of the island of Haiti is vital. Because, of course, you know, there is no government assistance. They rely totally on brothers and sisters like us to to support them, to find ways to give them donations. Go to Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. Brothers and sisters, they need that support. All right. All right. All righty then. <laughs> yes. Akaben. Akaben Institute and Baba Barudi and Eniava Rudy. They just love them, man. I'm telling you. But to me, that's the first family of sovereignty, along with me, along with Mama Miranda. Oh yeah, I gotta read that piece on sovereignty. Let me pull that out. Yes, uh, let me read that particular piece. Yeah, let me read that for us. Um, yes, Huckabee Institute, which is the PO Box one zero seven eight six, Atlanta, Georgia three zero three one zero. Make your check or money order out to Huckabee Institute. If you want to use PayPal, yabrudi at yahoo.com. If you want to use Cash App, the dollar sign, yahmbrudi. Okay? And of course, the books. I've just been talking about if you want to buy a book for Kwanzaa, for Zawadi, contact Akabin House. House.com. Akabinhouse.com. On the 30th, I just mentioned that uh, I'm going to be doing a Kwanzaa, but let me talk about the Kwanzaa. On the 31st, I'll be doing it on Friday. So Kwanzaa on the Saturday the 31st from 4 to 7 at the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore, 6984 Main Street in Lithonia. The donation is $10. And, of course, Baba Broody will be talking about rites of passage, rites fundamentals, rites of passage, developing strong rites of passage program with good, strong jegnas, no mentor. We don't have no damn mentors. We have jegnas. Okay. So make your money, uh, make your donation $10 and via PayPal, as I mentioned, Yabrudi at Yahoo or Cash App, dollar sign Yahimbarudi. Okay, include your pertinent information, which is rights, fundamentals, your name and your email address so the, the link can be sent to you. But if you want to join, uh, if you're in the Atlanta area, or we'll be, we'll be at the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar in uh, Lithonia, 6984 on Main Street. Okay? That's Saturday, the 31st from 4 to 7. I'll be doing Kwanzaa at the um, new Black Wall Street Market on Friday the 30th from 4 to 7. That, of course, is Nia. And we'll be talking about that. Have a good program. And, of course, I'm going to try to do my best to... Uh, Inform and enlighten and and not bore anybody. That's for sure. Not bore anybody. 
Uh, let me get to the NEA safe. Then I'm going to talk about the, uh, got a lot, got a lot today. I'm definitely probably go over it, got a lot. So let me do the NEA safe sim of daily revolutionary thought. Man, got a lot of callers. Thank you, family. Appreciate y'all, I really do. December 20th. Students need to know that the reason we're still doing square roots is because of those African people that lived at least a thousand years ago. Deborah Ma'at Moore. Chess is math, which was the ancient Nubians and Kemites' strongest suit because the universe they deciphered for us is math. Chess is a game that requires a constant calculation and recalculation of multiple numerical problems at the same time. The leap in thinking that occurs in a child when he or she is required to simultaneously consider the present and possible moves of 32 uniquely moving pieces continuously traversing a 64 square board is truly amazing to witness. Not surprisingly, it increases these skills by default. Mathematical thinking skills improve without students even trying. They don't even realize they're learning. Affirm, I embrace math. Affirm, I embrace math. When you watch the documentary, Great Pyramid K, 2019, and you, and you realize pi, the numerical number, the great, all these things were created by us as African people. All of it. All of it. Dark-skinned African people. If you do anything this upcoming holiday season, try to find a way to cut some time to watch The Great Pyramid K 2019 on YouTube. Great Pyramid K 2019 on YouTube. Yes, it's three and a half hours long. The only part of it that I cut out is that voyage that these uh, French people are taking across the Atlantic. Once again, proving the same thing that Thor Heyerdahl did back in the 70s, that you could take a ship on the west coast of Africa, put it into the Atlantic, and it'll sail to this hemisphere. If you want to know other proof about the white man, you know, some of us don't want to believe that they want to believe the white man. Columbus did the same damn thing because he wasn't going there. He wasn't coming to this hemisphere. He was trying to find a, a route around the Horn of Africa into India. That's what he was trying to do. But his ship sailed because the natural currents take you this way. Okay? But that documentary shows that. Great Pyramid case. Show, it shows the influence of Africa and Africans on the world. So if you do anything, Make some time. I know you probably want to see uh, Avatar. I know you probably want to see Wakanda. You probably want to see uh, a Warrior Queen and Warrior. Qu yeah, I understand that, and, and, and believe me, you should. And I, I, you know, I support that. Though, no doubt. But I also support. Now, in fact, uh, I'll be doing a presentation on it at the Black. Uh, no, at the Medu Nature. The, at the Medu bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, 21st of February. And of course, you'll hear more about that. <sighs> okay. December 21st. December 21st. We do not believe that there is any hope for a people 
who do not believe that they look like God. We do not believe there is any hope for a people who do not believe that they look like God. Bishop Henry McNeil Turner said, God is black. He's got to be black because if he's not, there is no hope. There is no hope. And we have been worshiping European gods and Arab gods. There is no hope. We have got to believe and understand. I ain't saying that the Bible is black history because it ain't. It's not. African history is African history. And African gods are African gods. The cosmos, the cosmic sea is black. Carbon is black. Melanin is black. The richest earth is black. The color containing all other colors is black. The ink that our ancestors recorded truth on papyrus was black. Beauty is black. The world's hardest diamonds are black. Imhotep, the world's first multi-genius, was black. Carbon, the most fundamental element in the universe, is black. Our deities are black. Keprabido is black. Night, the time of spiritual meditation, is black. Petroleum, the world's most abundant and practical hydrocarbon energy source, is black. Amirji, misnamed Lucy, mother of all humanity, was black. The most regal panther and strongest ants are black. The world's first iron smelters were black. Light is most visible in black. Energy is black. The cap and color of the chambers in the pyramids were originally black. The Kushites, Hemites, and all other ancient Africans were black. Untainted, our skin is still black. And we know that the primordial waters, the primordial waters from which the universe sprung were black. So why can't the creator be black? Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Affirm. I am divinely black. Affirm, I am divinely black. The Inye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought. The Inye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought. I tell you, black. That's right. <sighs> Let me go back this way, yeah that one you know I always like to read that one that's just a good one to read you know from brother Ezra Erahone Ezra Erahone there is no other <laughs> there is no other historical instance of a former enslaved people who valued integration let me see what's going on here this there you go there is no other historical instance of a formerly enslaved people who valued integration with their former captors to the point they were completely abandoned the superior wealth 
of their own homeland. That's a damn shame. That's a damn shame. One more time, I read it. There is, there is no other history, none anywhere. Damn it, in the annals of history, none where a people were formerly enslaved, but they valued integration with their former captors to the point where they were completely abandoned the superior wealth of their own homeland. None. None. Okay. All right. Mama Nabantu, you know, sister, you got much love, much love. And and Brother Irv, you know you got love, man. For sure. For sure. Good people. Um, Mama Nabantu, to uh, find out where Kwanzaa will be held, go to kwanzaaassociation.org here in the Atlanta area. If you are in the Atlanta area, find out where Kwanzaa will be held, and I'm going to go there so I can help y'all out. So, okay. Kwanzaaassociation.org. The Kwanzaaassociation.org. Once again, I'll be doing a Kwanzaa at the new Black Wall Street Market on the 30th, the day of Nia. The day of Nia. Yeah. A damn shame, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a shame, family. Okay. Okay, here we go. I got so many memes there and, 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 and narratives by uh, Baba Baruti. It's just phenomenal, phenomenal. And Baba Baruti is just outstanding. Kwame Nkrumah said this, uh, you know, when he became president of Ghana. 1957 <clears throat> and in 1961 a few years later he said I believe strongly and sincerely that with the deep rooted wisdom and dignity the innate respect for human lives and intense humanity that is that is our heritage the African culture united under one federal government will emerge not just as another world block to flaunt its wealth and strength but has a great power whose greatness is indestructible because it is built not on fear, envy, or suspicion, nor won at the expense of others, but founded on the hope, trust, and friendship and directed to the good of all mankind. Kwame Nkrumah, or Sajifo. And he said that in 1961, the speech of freedom. A few years later, he said this. If we do not approach the problems in Africa with a common front and a common purpose, we shall be haggling and wrangling amongst ourselves until we are colonized again and become the trolls of a far greater colonialism than we had suffered heretofore. Damn, ain't that deep? Because it's so true, because it's reality on the continent. To be truly liberated, African people must come to know the nature of Europe thought and behavior in order to understand the effects that Europeans have had on our ability to think victoriously. We must be able to separate our thoughts from Europeans' thoughts. So to visualize a future that is not dominated by Europe, this is a demand. This is a demand by an African-centered worldview. Because why? We are Africans. And because to the future to which the European leads us is genocide. And I'm going to show you that today. It's genocide. And y'all know it. Especially the people here. Y'all know it. 
we'll, I'm going to read this again on Friday, but just quickly, uh, Mama Marimba sent me this way back in the eight, 2018, an African sovereignist interpretation of the Nguza Saba. Umoja, unity, the Pan-African vision of African people throughout the world joining forces to fight for African sovereignty and constructing a new African world order. Kujitagalia, self-determination. African people defining ourselves and determining our own destiny as a sovereign people. Ujima, excuse me, Ujima, collective work and responsibility. African people working together, being responsible to and for each other and accepting a common system of accountability. That's important. Accepting a common system of accountability. Ujima, cooperative economics and familyhood. Creating economic cooperatives based on the concept of African familyhood, interdependence, interrelationships, and community, national, and global African unity. Nia, purpose, African people sharing common goals that determine our commitments and guide our choices and decisions. This gives sacred, this gives sacred purpose to our lives and to our work and tells us why we have chosen to be African. Kumba, creativity, to think with African minds and to create from our African center. When we practice this principle, we no longer imitate non-Africans. We find and return to our way, our source, the way of our ancestors. Imani, faith, to believe in the vision of African sovereignty and to have the passion and the will and the heart to bring it into being. My dear sister, I'm a marimba. Where am I at, family? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The subject for today. The subject for today is African unity. But I'm going to approach it as reasons why. You know? Why do we need African unity? Because we are under serious threat. Y'all know it. Y'all know it. But a lot of us choose to ignore it. You know? Choose to dismiss it. You know, I thank you so much, Mama. Mama Nabantu. So the AfricanAssociation.org. Write that down, family. One word, AfricanAssociation.org. For those who are, uh, one, no, excuse me, African Association. KwanzaAssociation.org. She said, we'll also be sharing Kwanzaa outside our region. In Detroit, Florida, and California, Detroit will be streaming the reality. Oh, really? Detroit will be streaming the the, uh, unveiling of the 30-foot Canara that will be lit on the 22nd from 2 to 6. So, brothers and sisters, there's a 30-foot Canara. uh, Then in Detroit, from 2 to 6, they'll be lighting. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to be playing some stuff for you. Um, a lot of that today, because I want to. I'm a, you know, I talk with Brother Marty Payne. Love Brother Marty Payne um, from the Milwaukee area. Him and his wife Marine, beautiful people. And uh, you know, he, he his idea is just the same as mine. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Go move to Africa. That's the move. He, that's the move. That's that's the same move for all of us, brothers. I sent him some stuff on Bibi Atumita because you want to learn Kiswahili. If you want to learn Akan, you want to learn Medu Nature, go to Bibi Atumi. 
Dipitumi.com. A-D-I-P-I-T-U-M-I.com. Also, too, if you want to be more familiar with the Moses West Foundation, MosesWestFoundation.org is something that information. But what Brother Marty at Payne has been sending me has been tremendous. It's been tremendous on um, WhatsApp. And so I'm going to play this particular piece. And um, it's with uh, Queen Mother Arcana. And, you know, she is just dynamic, man. You know, why is Africa turning away from the United States? You know, they should because the United States ain't about nothing. And, and this is in conjunction with that uh, summit that they had uh, here. That summit they had here um, <clears throat> this past weekend where many Africans came begging, hands out, pleading. There was also a summit. I, I, I tried to listen to it, but somehow it flipped on me. You know, that <coughs> excuse me. Oh, I'm so sorry, family. I am so sorry. Yeah, stop that. <laughs> you know, stop that. So, check this piece out. This is, um, you know, she's the, she's the former ambassador. Just a strong voice, a strong voice for Africans uh, globally on the, in the diaspora. And, of course, on the continent. She understands clearly it's, the, Africa you must unite. Africa must unite. Africa must control their resource, control their land, control their people. Africa must stop the brain drain and all those Africans, all the doctors, there's more African doctors in Ghana, from Ghana in uh, uh, Atlanta or, or New York or LA from, from uh, Nigeria and so forth than it is in those, country, in those countries. Brothers and sisters, go home. Go home. Go home, family. Go home. Hi, I'm Steve Clemens, and I have a question. Can President Biden convince African leaders that America is a better partner than China? Let's get to the bottom line. This week, the White House hosts leaders from 49 African countries to try and convince them that their continent is a real priority for America. It's going to be a hard sell, since many Africans feel that Washington has treated them with a lot of benign neglect. More of a problem than an opportunity. A place that's full of precious minerals that we want, like lithium and cobalt, which America needs for its electric cars, but also a place loaded with security concerns and humanitarian crises and corruption. Meanwhile, Russia's kind of zoomed to the top as Africa's number one weapons dealer, and China's trade with African countries has reached a record $261 billion last year. That's about five times more than the U.S., an African youth survey by Ichikovitz Family Foundation found that 77% of youth across the continent identified China as the most important nation for Africa's future, not the United States. Plus, China deals with whatever government is in place, no questions asked, while the U.S. cherry-picks its allies and offers lectures about democracy. So can the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit here in Washington, D.C. turn things around? And what can America offer that Africa really wants? Today we're talking with Arikana Chihombori Kwao, the former ambassador of the African Union to the United States. She's also the founder of the Africa Diaspora Development Initiative, which aims to link Africans abroad back to the continent. Ambassador, it's such a pleasure to talk with you today. This big summit is going on right now in Washington, D.C. You're in Zimbabwe. 
I guess I want to start by asking you, what do the leaders of Africa and President Biden have to get right after this week that you think needs is essential? Thank you for having me. Uh, this is a very important summit. It's a conversation between the continent and the United States, a, com- a conversation that is desperately needed, particularly at this time in our history and in our life. The United States, let me start by saying, it is the, it still remains the most preferred trading partner uh, for the African nations. However, like I used to tell the State Department and any engagements that we've had with the United States, I felt during my tenure that the United States was slowly um, losing ground and they were risking losing their position as Africa's preferred trading partner. So this is a very important meeting that I hope that if the United States, like I used to tell uh, my colleagues, I felt that the United States, if this was a basketball game, the United States needed to call for timeout, for U.S. needed to realize that this is a new game and it required new rules of engagement, therefore a need for the United States to re-strategize. I'm hoping that for a change, this meeting, the United States can begin to realize it's no longer business as usual. It's no longer a case of the United States saying, we make policy and we tell the Africans. That has got to change. It is a recipe for disaster. It is a recipe for the United States seeing itself losing its place as Africa's preferred trading partner. This, that's what makes this meeting very important. And I'm hoping that the U.S. can call for timeout and understand that engaging Africa at this time, it is a new game that is calling for new rules of engagement. And therefore, it is time to re-strategize and treat the Africans fairly, treat the Africans respectfully, and treat the Africans as equal partners. You know, Ambassador, I think one of the things that I'm uh, trying to be sensitive to is that we often over in the United States, as you know, and you were the ambassador of the African Union, tend to talk about a continent as opposed to individual countries and nations, of which there are 54, there are 49 uh, heads of state here in Washington this week. And are we making a mistake? Are we, are we, is our ignorance on our side, from your impression of our ignorance, you know, amplified by us talking about Africa so much as, as opposed to talking about Rwanda, Zimbabwe, Ghana, should we be, are, you know, is our illiteracy in this level so obvious that, that it's, a, it's a real problem? And do these kinds of summits that bring everyone together do a disservice to that kind of getting to know each country more distinctly? I think for the United States, and I'll repeat it, and I used to repeat it uh, all the time during my tenure, what really is behind the failure of effective engagement with Africa is the disrespect of the Africans. That's where the problem begins. If we cannot accept, if the United States cannot accept Africans as equal partners, if the United States, for example, let's look at this particular uh, uh, meeting, this particular summit, there was no defined agenda. There has never been defined agendas whenever they meet with African countries as individual countries. It's always the United States setting the agenda, the United States setting the policies, 
and the United States telling the Africans about the policies. Mm. That is no way to have any meaningful engagement. If you take, for example, the fourth FOCAC meeting that was held between China and the African heads of state, way in advance, the issues were clearly defined. The agenda was going to focus on trade. It was going to focus on aid. It was going to focus on investments. The African heads of states were engaged in the discussion, in the planning. The outcomes were uh, clearly defined with a way forward in terms of follow-up. It was a fruitful meeting that addressed the issues that needed to be addressed between not only African countries individually with China, but also Africans collectively with China. There is no published agenda. There is There are no issues that have been presented to the African heads of states. Africans have, been, have not been asked to, to engage in terms of creating the agenda and making sure that when the African heads of states come to Washington, the outcomes, the issues to be discussed are going to be meaningful uh, outcomes, outcomes with follow-up and deliverables that are going to be beneficial to both. It remains a one-sided conversation with the United States telling the Africans the agendas and the policies. The Africans are not on the table to discuss issues pertaining to us wherein lies the problem. Mm. And the reason that continues to be the case, what underscores that is the disrespect for Africans. I repeated it. I, I complained about it repeatedly. It is a serious problem. The United States must understand that Africans are not going to take it anymore. If you don't treat the Africans fairly, the United States is going to see itself slowly losing ground to China, to Russia, to all other nations. Because without respecting the Africans, without treating the Africans as equal, without understanding that exploitation and abuse of Africa simply cannot continue, this, this meeting, this summit, is going to be yet another gathering with no outcomes, no deliverables until the next summit. I'm sorry, but the disrespect of the Africans is at the bottom of it all. I, I... Agenda for this meeting should have been set out in advance. Africans should have been involved. Without the involvement of the Africans in these discussions, this is a useless I'm sorry, but that is a fact. No, I, I am very grateful for your candor. And it sounds to me, I mean, I think there was a lot of criticism of the last summit like this under President Obama, that there was like no follow through. And, you know, it's one of the big questions I'm asking is how do you make a big bang summit where everyone comes over? It's like checking off the box and say, OK, we've done Africa. Now we can move on to other things. How do we how do you make that something that's a more sustainable uh, and a more continuous engagement of the United States with Africa. And what I'm hearing from you is, frankly, a lot of disappointment and, um, uh, you know, a lot of pessimism about what may come out of this summit. Well, the, the point of the matter is already you know nothing is going to come out of it because it is a one-sided conversation. Right. Where is the agenda? The agenda should have been published way in advance. The African leaders should have been given opportunity to also state their position so they can come up with an African position that can then be discussed mm. alongside the American position. So the fact that it is a one-sided conversation that is yet going to be another useless meeting with no outcomes, but again, I'm going to keep emphasizing the reason this is happening 
It's because there is a disrespect for the Africans. There is a general feeling that we don't need to hear from the Africans. Their opinions do not matter. That we realize the problem. Mm. Why were the Africans not consulted? Why were the Africans not part of an agenda? Why was there not even an agenda like what happened during the FOCAC meeting with China? Those are some basic issues. No head of state. President Biden would not pick up and go to meet with any other leader in the world without an agenda. That simply doesn't happen. Right. So what makes the U.S. think that they can engage African leaders without an agenda? Come to Washington, let me tell you what I want to do for you. Come to Washington, let me tell you what you need to do in your countries. That game is, is an old game. Right. It's not going to work anymore. To be honest with you, if I'm to speak the truth, I hope a lot of heads of case don't come. Because it is an insult. It is an abuse of the Af- African leaders. Mm. It's a disrespect of the African leaders. Where is the agenda? Please respect the African leaders. Do unto them what you would want done unto you. So It's really a simple ask. Let me ask you a question. You mentioned China and how China approaches this. I'm interested in what China gets so right. And But is there a blind spot there? Are there problems in the China-Africa relationship from your perspective? Let me also, uh, let me just uh, hit the nail in the head and deal with ten thousand with the ten thousand pound gorilla in the room. Yeah, racism as well hmm. plays a very important part. The disrespect of the Africans also goes back to a lot of the people who work in the U.S. government. Not all of them, but there is a significant of them who automatically assume that Africans do not know what they are doing. Africans need help. Africans need to be told what to do, and racism is also at the bottom of it all. We need to address the individuals who are going to be visiting Africa, engaging Africa. They must understand that Africans are equal to them. Mm. But when one goes to Africa with a sense of superiority, we realize the problem because you are not going to engage those leaders who are going to come to the table as equals, you go in feeling superior, you come back feeling superior. That is not an issue with the Chinese. The Chinese are coming in. The Chinese, yes, if you don't negotiate with them and uh, they win the game, then that's your fault. But they don't come in feeling superior. They understand that Africa has something they need. So they will come to the Africans. They will come and make sure that they let the Africans know that you matter to us, that our relationship with you does matter. That you don't get that feeling with the United States. You get the feeling that there's this sense of superiority, that you Africans, you ought to be glad that we are engaging you. You ought to be glad that we are inviting you to come to Washington. That sense of superiority, it has to change. Whether it it calls for the United States to retrain their people as they engage Africa, but it is that uh, which really goes to the bottom of why the engagements are not going to be as effective They must take a page out of what Africa is doing. Let me say this. Chinese people didn't used to be that way, but they quickly changed their strategy. Mm. When they realized that the game they were playing was not going to work in Africa, they changed their strategy. And that's why, like I said, I said it during my tenure. I'll continue to say it again. If this was a basketball game, the United States need to call for timeout. This is a new game, and it requires new rules of engagement. The United States must, first and foremost, make sure that racism is out of the picture. 
Africans are just as smart as anybody else. Africans are equal. And until we engage as equals, all these meetings, all these conversations are always going to be useless. And it goes back to the individuals who are going to be at the table with the Africans. So the U.S. also needs to address the issue of racism and make sure that the people engaged in Africa, their minds are clear and they accept that Africans are equal. Tell us about pan-Africanism. Tell us about what Africa, the states in Africa, are doing to trade, to connect, to move their agenda forward proactively, no matter what the rest of the world is thinking about it. Absolutely. I have to say, uh, if you were to go back to 1963, when our pan-African fathers came together in the hopes of creating an Africa that spoke with one voice, an Africa that had one military, an Africa that had one central bank, one monetary fund, uh, one, one, uh, one uh, uh, stock exchange, and an, an, an Africa with one customs union. We failed at that over the years. But finally, uh, two years ago, uh, they approved the AFCFTA, the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, which is uh, a, a, a policy that saw Africa coming together in one particular area that we are now speaking with one voice when it comes to trade. Yes, its implementation is a monster. Yes, its implementation is work in progress. But you can say of the issues that our Pan-African fathers met to discuss in 1963, finally, over 50 years later, we are able to accomplish the first one, which is being an Africa that's going to the world as one customs union. The spirit of Pan-Africanism, it has taken us a long time to really begin to come together to dismantle the Berlin Conference, which, of course, for those who think, oh, Berlin Conference is a thing of the past, of the past. Think again, as long as we have a country called Togo, as long as we have a country called Congo Brazzaville, Iswatini, Malawi, those small countries, even Nigeria or the big ones, Kenya, uh, Egypt, Morocco, they cannot survive on their own. As long as we're talking about the little bitty individual African countries, we are never going to realize the dream of a united Africa that speaks with one voice. And until we dismantle some of those borders, until we begin to wake ourselves up as a people, until we begin to realize that the, the colonizers and the rule of divide and conquer left us feeling inferior, supremacy, white supremacy was introduced from the very onset when the colonizers came to Africa, we were taught to believe that everything African was bad, everything European was better. And we still continue to suffer from that mentality. So yes, while we demand that the West and those who don't look like us Africans treat us equally, realize that we are human beings just like they are, we too as Africans, we have a lot of work to do on a personal level where we must also believe, truly believe, that we are equal uh, to everybody else on, on earth and that we are capable. That also is a disease that we need to realize as Africans. Let's wake up and realize that white people are not superior to us. Chinese are not superior to us. We are just as good as anybody else. That is a serious challenge because we still have people. Even when you look at uh, issues that we could stand up as a people and push back, you see ministers from the Western world uh, going to uh, to Africa, and they basically can. I've seen them say some of the most ridiculous things to the Africans, right. and instead of the Africans pushing back and saying, "Hey, hold it, this is not going to fly," instead the Africans are afraid.
just inherently fear of the white person without any, for no good reason whatsoever, except that we have been programmed to feel inferior. So on an individual basis, we continue to speak the gospel of truth. We continue to shed the light as to the brainwashing that is that the African has been put through, wherein lies the problem. When you look at what is being done at the World Bank, for example, the Britain Woods institutions, the, the frivolous loans, countries that have never defaulted on their on their loan repayments, and right. yet they're still given large interest rates. Why? Countries like the United States that don't need any help, right. they get in- loans at zero interest rates. You look at the issue. I'm glad President Biden, I hear he's going to be talking about having the AU as the 51st member of the G20. Well, let's also take it to the next level. Let's go to the United Nations. Let's have Africa, 1.4 billion people. They need to come to the table. Let's African Union be the sixth member of the five-member UN Security Council. You can't just totally disregard 1.4 billion people because you've gotten away with it for centuries. Well, guess what? Game is over. Africans are waking up. Africans are beginning to realize and understand the game that have been played. Unfortunately, we don't have that critical mass of people who are continuously going to speak truth to power. Right. The good thing with the, Af- the story of Africa is ours, we are coming from a position of righteousness, right. a position of truth, a position of facts. Right. Those are constants. They don't change. Let's continue to give the world an overdose of our truth. But at the same time, while we are doing so and demanding a world that is fair, that is just and free of right. racism, bigotry and hate, we must also work on our own development and our own awakening as a people. Talk to me a little bit about how Africa can take advantage of its of its intellectual connection and assets to entrepreneurs who have left but may want to help um, Africa back because this is one of your major initiatives. Absolutely. The brain drain that started over 400 years ago when the best and the brightest and the fittest were taken out of Africa forcibly and that, that is when the brain drain started. I want to make sure that is very clear. Mm. And when we talk about African diaspora, we're talking about all people of African descent living outside of Africa. Mm. Let's be very clear. African-Americans, they are Africans who are forcibly taken out of Africa, plus the continued brain drain, those who are later immigrants who left Africa running away from famine, from wars, in search of greener pastures. The end result is, as we speak, Africa has a serious deficit of expertise. However, the uh, the good news for Africa is that we have a very young, intelligent, vibrant population that needs opportunities. So when we can marry the age group of young, intelligent Africans with the expertise coming from the diaspora, we can see an Africa that can propel itself to take its rightful place on the world stage like it once was. So yes, the diaspora are an important component of Africa's development. Make no mistake about that. All the African leaders are fully aware of that. All the African leaders are in full support of coming up with programs to make it easier for the diaspora to move back. We want to look at diaspora who can come to Africa, not just focus on a country that you were born, born in, but if you are a person of African descent, Africa should matter to you. Africa should be your problem. You must own Africa's problems, understand it, and participate in the development of Africa. For when we have a stable Africa, it ultimately, it now also correlates with an African-American who is anchored 
it correlates with right. an Afro-Caribbean who is anchored. It correlates with an Afro-Latino who is anchored. Right. Currently, descendants of the formerly enslaved, they are like a ship uh, without an anchor. You, the wind blows that way, here they go. Until they are anchored by being accepted by Africa, until they are anchored by participating in the development of Africa, the Jews do it, the Chinese do it, the Indians do it, the Irish do it, African-Americans together with the Afri continental Africans, we must make sure that we work together to participate in the development of Africa because the development right. and the building of the Africa we want, it is our responsibility first and foremost and ours alone. Right. Ours, others are welcome to come join us. Others are welcome to help us. Others are welcome to engage us as equal partners. But we must own the building of the Africa that we want as a united front of, of the African diaspora. Well, I want to make a deal with you, Ambassador. I want this to be a start of a conversation with you that we have many other times. I think it's a very important conversation, and I'm grateful to you, Ambassador Adikana Chihombori Kwao, former African Union diplomat and founder of the Africa Diaspora Development Initiative. Thanks for your candor, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, and keep up the good work. These are messages that we must continue to put out because the average American is not aware the average European uh, citizen is not aware of what the various Western governments are doing. The atrocities have been going on for far too long. They must come to an end. And your program is doing a great job in getting these messages out. We must inform and educate our citizens. Thank you, Ambassador. Thank you so much. That's correct. I say. That's the Stikini. She's strong, isn't she? I tell you. really appreciate that. She's strong. Uh, <clears throat> I almost had it opportunity to have her on my program and uh, I still try to do that but um, Mama Nabantu sent great information on what's happening in, in the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the African uh, to find out more about Kwanzaa, KwanzaaAssociation.org and that's information about Kwanzaa's uh, not just here in the Atlanta area but all throughout and so if there are other Kwanzaa's that are happening please uh, Come on the program, text me, give me a call at 414-324-5796, 414-324-5796, and uh, so you can all, you know, share that information she shared with me, the Kwanzas that are happening outside of our region here in the southeast, in Detroit, Florida, California. In fact, the unveiling of a 30-foot 30, 30 Kwanzaa Kanara will be on the 26th from 2 to 6 p.m., all the architects and engineers and construction workers that built the Kanara were African, American Africans. And if you have, and I'm going to see if I can get some information on Milwaukee's two Kwanzaa's, the places, the Wisconsin Black Historical Society and the African American Women's Center that hosted. The first day is usually on Yamboja, uh, Wisconsin Black Historical Society because they have great history. And then uh, the uh, Imani and the Feast of Faith the Kamamuruye Imani, the Feast of Faith, that had to take place at the Wisconsin um, African-American Women's Center, you know. And she also submitted information about Ghana, information about Ghana and what's happening with the Chinese because it's, uh, I mean, everybody has a plan. Everybody has a plan, don't they? They all do. They all do family. They all have a plan for Africa. And of course, it, it's it's a problem. It'll be a problem for Africans, you know. 
and what they're trying to do. It's going to be a problem, you know. So I um, have another long piece to play. I know it's, it's that time. So let me let me go ahead and play um, these two Christmas songs I wanted to play. It's gonna we're, we're going to be a little over, uh, you know. So we all will get some some questions. But I just want to make sure because I'm saying Africa must unite, and these are the reasons why. Okay, but let me just run this down to you about China. Because China has evil plans for Africa. Of course they do. They all do. And by the year 2050, according to metrics of continental geographical and ethnology and uh, geography, Western African will become a, you know, part of China. Remember I said to you, they're, gonna, they're trying to put 300 million. They have a population of 100 and, uh, 1.4 billion. Also, Africa has a population of 1.4 billion. But the problem for China is that China is not having... Uh, a population growth to the extent that Africa is just like what happened with Europeans. They don't have population growth, you know? Uh, in fact, the Europeans are experiencing negative population growth, negative population growth. In fact, here in this country, uh, who have, who they, these crackers put, stick their check out, they, their chest out about we're the majority and majority rules, you know? Well, that ain't going to be happening in the next 30, 40 years. In fact, by the year 2040, you will not be the majority in this country. Latinos will be in us and then you, you know. In fact, if we weren't experiencing um, population, not necessarily negative population growth, zero population growth because of a number of factors, our population is young and we should be having it, but because of mass incarceration, because of homosexuality, because of brothers don't want to be with sisters. I know sisters want to be with brothers, and you see the constant proliferation of of, of commercials and all kind of things gearing brothers and sisters towards Caucasians and others. It's sickening. It's damn it sickening. And so that, the uh, substance abuse, you know, and some of them just plain ain't shit. It's to be real, you know? And so that's the problem of why our population is not growing, but it's growing in Africa. It's the one of the youngest populations on the continent. I'm just on the continent, in the world. But on the continent, that population is growing. So, but I want to play these two pieces because I said I would. And, you know, I'm trying to be a man of my word. So I want to play these two pieces. And um, once we play these two pieces, we're going to go back to it. I got another good piece to, to have, have you listen to. And uh, you know, there's a, a, that other piece that I've been playing for years on Ch- uh, Nichols, who says, we must keep Africa poor. She's such an arrogant piece, I tell you. You know, such an arrogant piece. Um, I appreciate it. I got a lot of people calling, man. Okay, y'all just, y'all just hold on. I'll, I'm definitely going to be with you. You know, just hold on, family, because we want to do this. And uh, it's going to be a, uh, I'm going to play The Temptations, Silent Night. (laughs) And, and you know, um, (laughs) for those that I told my family, said, you know, uh, you know, The Temptations, Silent Night, right? All the Christmas gifts and so forth you're talking about getting. What does it start with? In my mind. That's right. This should sit in my mind because you ain't getting nothing <laughs> in my mind. Um, so, 
we're going to play uh, Silent Night, and then we're going to play Donny Hathaway, you know, it's Christmas, so, and then we're going to come back, and then I'm quite sure there'll hopefully be more, and then we're going to play a piece again, just to, once again, encourage us and to have us listen to what these crackers have in store, you know, and uh, then we're going to let you have your say, give you your uh, African perspective here on this program, because that's what we do here. We let you talk, you know. We want to hear. We want to know. We want to know each other. And we definitely want you to know what this program is about. This program is about independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty for African people. That's what it's about. The motto of this program is Pan-Africanism or perish, unify or die. We'll be right back. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media. Part of the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasting or live program scheduling. Hit them up at time for an awakening at gmail.com. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh. And every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly. And so I Offering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to Simple phrase 
tickets from one to ninety-two. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> Those are four of the two I played the other day. Uh, Silent Night by the Temptations. All oh, in my mind. Because that's what all this shit is. That song and uh, Curtis Blow. <laughs> I just love that. That's funky. To me, if you go to a party, a Christmas party, so-called, and they ain't play that, man. There ain't no party. And then, of course, Nat King Cole and uh, <clears throat> Donny Hathaway. Yeah, there's sometimes, you know, there uh, us, we really bring a lot to this European holiday, to this concept. We really do, but it's not for us. I got some good Kwanzaa music that's coming. I know Mama Nabantu just sent me a piece about some Kwanzaa music. I had a, a piece by Teddy Pendergrass and, of course, Steve Cobb, and, well, um, Kwame Cobb and Shavin Duke out of Chicago, The Seven Principles, which is a beautiful uh, CD. So we're going to be playing from that. Uh, starting Friday and all next week, all next week, you know. So that's going to be great. It's going to be good. Um, here's an a, a irony before we get back to the subject. Here's an irony. Uh, this is very deep and ironic. Um, in two days from now, Saturday is the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception when uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders, then time the, at that time the Oakland Raiders, playing the playoff game. And uh, Terry's last play of the game, Terry Bradshaw went back, man, and all up in his face. Terry Bradshaw threw the ball. And the rule at that time is that if an offensive player touches the ball, then – then the defensive, then the offensive player who touches the ball better catch it because no other player can. So, saying is that I'm an offensive player, I'm under Steelers, and he threw the ball, I hit the ball, and then nobody else can catch it. But this is what happened he threw the ball, and Jack Tatum hit the ball, supposedly. And Franco Harris caught the ball shoestring because if he'd have caught the ball and, and landed on the ground, he couldn't have get up and run, he couldn't do it. But he caught the ball on the shoestrings before he hit the before he hit the turf, before he hit the ground, and ran the ball in for a touchdown. And Pittsburgh won the game and wound up going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. You know. And big doings because it's the 50th anniversary. But ironically and sadly, last night, Franco Harris died. And Franco Harris is being shown a day or so with a group of people. He was at the Pittsburgh Museum where there's a statue of him catching that ball and and so forth, signing autographs and so forth. He died last night, two days before um, his number is going to be retired. There's only two numbers that have been retired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mean Joe Green, brother from the HCBU, kicking ass. Mean Joe Green, they drafted him. He was the foundation. He was the foundation, not Terry Bradshaw. He was the foundation and the steel curtain of that Pittsburgh dynasty that won those championships. And Franco Harris out of, old, out of Penn State. I'm an old dude. I remember this well. Remember the game on a, it was on a Saturday. Remember it well. 
once again, the irony that Franco Harris made his transition. He was kicking it yesterday, day before, just kicking it. He showed it, it had a picture of him and some other people. So it wasn't like he was sick, but he must have had a sudden heart attack or something like that. I don't know when the information will be coming out. But the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders at the time played that game 50 years ago when the ball was hit. In fact, somebody said John Madden, who made his transition last year, he said he swears that a Pittsburgh Steeler touched the ball and it shouldn't have been allowed. Of course he say that because they would have won. Because <laughs> they would have won. You know, it's just like it's just like uh, the uh, the Oakland Raiders once again, and the uh, New England Patriots in that snow, because uh, Tom Brady did that. They, they call the tuck rule. He was hit and fumbled the damn ball, and they lost it. That would have been the end of their ass. But because they come up with this tuck rule, they said no. He was, you know, he tucked the ball, and so it's not a fumble. And he went on to kick a field goal to win that. Those things are fate, you know. It just happens. But uh, it's the deep irony that Franco Harris would pass on the 50th anniversary of that game. Also, too, before I get back to the, what we're going to talk about is Frank, uh, Franco, is Samuel L. Jackson. That's right. Samuel L. Jackson family. Yeah. Frank Samuel L. Jackson. It's his birthday today. I want to read this part here because I think it's a, it's a good piece, you know. Uh, Samuel Leroy Jackson was born in Washington, D.C. on December 21st of 1948. The only child of Elizabeth uh, Montgomery and Roy Henry Jackson. He grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. His father lived away from the family in Kansas City, Missouri, and later died of alcoholism. Jackson met him only twice during his lifetime. He was raised by his mother, a factory worker, and later supplies buyer for a mental institution. He was also raised by his maternal grandparents, Edgar and Pearl Montgomery, his mother's family, as well as extended family. According to DNA tests, Jackson partially descended from the Biganga people of Gabon and he became a naturalized citizen of Gabon in 2019. African ancestry. That's right. I remember it. I remember when that happened. He attended several segregated schools and graduated from Riverside High School in Chattanooga. He played the French horn, the piccolo, trumpet, flute in school band and orchestra. He developed a stutter. He developed a stutter during his childhood and learned to pretend to be other people who didn't stutter. He still uses the word motherfucker. Not to have it here as motherfucker. No, he still uses the word motherfucker to get through a speech block. He still has days where he stutters. Initially intended on pursuing a degree in marine biology, he attended Morehouse College here in Atlanta. After joining a local uh, acting group, to earn extra points in class, he found an interest in acting and switched majors. Before graduating in 1972, he co-founded the Just Us Theater. After Dr. King was assassinated in 68, Jackson attended King's funeral in Atlanta as one of the ushers. He then traveled to Memphis to join an equal 
rights protest march. In a 2005 Parade Magazine interview, he said, I was angry about the assassination, but I wasn't shocked by it. I knew that change was going to take something different, not sit-ins, not peaceful coexistence. In 1969, Jackson and several other students held members of the Morehouse College Board of Trustees, including Dr. King's father, MLK Sr., uh, hostage on the campus, demanding reforms in the school's curriculum and, and government and governance. Excuse me. The college eventually agreed to the changes in the policy, but Jackson was charged with and eventually convicted of unlawful confinement, a second-degree felon. He was suspended for two years for his criminal record and his actions. He would later return to college, eventually convicted, excuse me, earning his B.A., in drama in 1972. While he was suspended, he took a job as a social worker in Los Angeles. He decided to return to Atlanta where he met uh, Kwame Ture and H. Rat Brown, brother of Jabril, and other actives and, uh, in the Pan-African movement. He began to feel empowered with this involvement in the movement, especially when the group began buying guns. However, before he could become involved with any significant army confrontations, his mother sent him to come back to Los Angeles after the FBI warned her that he would be dead within a year if he remained with the group. In 2018 interview in Vogue magazine, he denied ever having been a member of the Black Panther Party. Yeah, okay. But I still got a lot of love for Samuel Jackson. You know, I, was, I went to a Rose Bowl game back in 2000. And in the 90s, uh, you know how I haven't seen a USA Today uh, newspaper in quite a while. But, you know, they had their little corner. They have some kind of saying or some kind of question they would ask and answer. And they, this one was, who has been in more movies in the 90s than any other person? Samuel L. Jackson. The same thing happened in the early 20s from 20 to 2011. Samuel L. Jackson. And if you look at, from Wikipedia here, the number of movies that he has been in, blockbuster movies. Movies that, of course, he may not be the main character, but he's in the movie. Somebody is. Samuel L. Jackson. Got a lot of love for Samuel L. Jackson. And most importantly, he's married to a sister. Okay? He's married to a sister. And he stayed married to her. Don't you love that? I know I do. I know I do. All right, brothers and sisters. A lot, a lot of y'all left me. <laughs> Still got a lot of brothers and sisters in the queue. Thank you for that. But a lot of y'all left me. So I'm going to play this particular piece. Uh, not not that long. And we still, once again, we're going to be over. So there'll be questions and answers for us. Okay, family? All right. Was to uh, reduce the, the population. So to give aid to countries in Africa, not uh, clean water and schooling and things like that, but uh, contraception and abortion, in order to shrink the population of Africa because they have great mineral resources there. That sounds diabolical. It I mean, is. I, I, yes. That sounds like something conceived in the mind of Margaret Sanger. Yeah, definitely. And so the, uh, at the time, Kissinger and those involved with the Carter administration wanted to shrink the population, make sure that the Africans do not develop and do not use the resources for themselves, because we in the States, we need them. There is a, a concerted effort of foreign powers 
to uh, control the population of Africa. Africa is a huge continent, could, mm. could feed thousands more people, but the uh, policies of the West, especially in, in Europe. For example, between 1990 and the year 2000, the United States, Canada, and Europe contributed about $6 billion in contraceptives. Not to help the people, not to give clean water, clean food. Uh, that mm. is uh, not to fight malaria, for example. No, of course, perish the thought. Never yeah. let them die. That's the whole idea. So, in our work in Nature Line, we denounce this reality to make the Africans aware that they have to defend themselves against the, the influence of foreign powers. Intentionally using synthetic molecules, which by design are. Are cancer, AIDS, all of it's, these uh, for the could dream up. Yeah, so for the purpose of sterilization and, and population control. There's too many people on the planet we need to get rid of. In the words of Bill Gates, at least 3 billion people need to die. So we'll just start off in Africa. We'll start doing our research there, and we'll eliminate, eliminate most, most of the Africans because they're deplorable. They're worthless. They're not part of this world economy. So they have their rights taken away, and they're suppressed, and they're experimented. And They deserve to get this vaccine first. And from there, you want to do tiering in various countries to make sure your most vulnerable populations get it. Uh, in, in our country, that would be blacks and Native Americans, blacks and Native Americans, blacks and Native Americans. And if you are black or African American and you're listening to this, you need to know the truth about how you are being targeted for extermination. You and your children and your grandchildren and your parents, you are all being targeted for extermination. Now, to some extent, we are all being targeted in different ways because there is a depopulation agenda that wants to reduce the entire global population to about one billion people. But it seems from observing the way they're doing this, they, they sure do want to get rid of black people first. And they're actively doing it. It's happening right now. It's right under your nose. Most people have no clue that it's going on. And the scientific community is working to exterminate you. It's the scientists. It's the pharmacology evildoers. It's, it's, it's the drug companies. It's the vaccine companies. It's the abortion providers. Most of you should have heard about this by now. Two French doctors during a TV debate were discussing testing coronavirus vaccines on people in Africa. One of the doctors, Jean-Paul Mira, said they should do the study in Africa since there are no masks, no treatments, no resuscitation, just like as it is done elsewhere for some studies on AIDS. With over 1.2 million confirmed cases worldwide at the time of this recording, the African continent currently has the least cases of coronavirus in the world, 8,701, with the majority of the cases being in South Africa. So it seems asinine to recommend testing a vaccine in Africa when a majority of the cases are in Europe, Asia, and North America. It would make more sense to leave Africa alone. Test the vaccine on healthy people in their country. If they believe in their vaccine so much, why don't the doctors test it out on themselves since they're going to be face-to-face -face with infected people on a daily basis instead of using African people as their guinea pigs? Letters with Simon's official letterhead were found suggesting that the CIA and British intelligence had involvement in the mass genocide. Alexander Jones confirmed on camera that Simer had operated with the support of the CIA and British intelligence, used bogus vaccinations to spread HIV virus in the SADC region. He says we were at war. Black people in South Africa were the enemy. 
He confessed that he and his Simer colleagues spread the virus in the 80s and 90s under the command of their leader, Keith Maxwell. I'm going to play a few clips of this interview so you can see how important it is that we don't fall for these tactics again. And he was experimenting on black people. He was running a number of clinics in the black townships. Yes. Pretending to be a medical doctor. Offering medical assistance to black people at a very low cost. And people we talked to tells us about how he was experimenting on black people. In the Congo, Maxwell ends up at a secret jungle laboratory funded and operated by the U.S. Army. Here, research is being done into biological warfare and how to weaponize viruses. So, simply put, what is Saima? Saima was a clandestine mercenary organization for hire. Financed by whom? Financed by foreign governments. Well, it was clandestine operations. We were involved in uh, coups, taking over countries for other leaders. We were involved in Mozambique... Uh, spreading uh, the AIDS virus through medical conditions. One of the things was that we went into African countries. And how was that done exactly? Through inoculation. Through vaccines? Yeah, through vaccines. Pretending to inoculate people and that type of thing. The idea, idea being to kill black people? Yeah, to eradicate black people. You must understand the concept was that AIDS was a killer. It was incurable at that point in time. So it was led to believe that if infected people, it was the, it was the quick, non-militaristic um, approach to eliminate black people. And that is something you know for a fact that... AIDS was actively being spread to other countries? Yes, to African countries. We were at war. Black people in South Africa were the enemy. But so it it was about white supremacy? Definitely. Definitely trying to retain the white supremacy on the African continent. And furthermore, he tells us that the purpose of Maxwell's clinics in and around Johannesburg was to infect black people with HIV. These were research facilities for them to to, to inject people with a solution to see that they prevented AIDS in it. In the meantime, they were injecting people with AIDS. And he was only working on black people in these clinics? Yes. For almost nothing? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So you know what? I mean, uh, what, for, what, what easier way to get a big guinea pig that you live in the apartheid system, black people have got no rights, they need medical treatment, there's a white philanthropist coming in and say, you know what, I'll open up these clinics and I will treat you, I will do this, and meantime, you actually, <laughs> the wolf in sheep's clothing. That's gruesome. We may be poor, but we are not stupid. 
We can read when they write on the vaccine that this is not for distribution in the United States and this cannot be used in the European Union. This injection cannot, uh, this vaccine cannot be used in Europe. They're even telling you that this is not for us because they've got some other substandard stuff that they make for us. How do you know the injection that was given to President Biden is the same, is the same vaccine that is coming here? You didn't check it when they put it on him. You have not compared that vaccine to the vaccine you have received. You can watch it on CNN and say, even President Biden got a, a dosage of it. Are you sure? Did you see it? Did you get the drop and analyze it that it's the same drop getting into an African's body? I think that we need to be more responsible. And our salvation outside God would be by, the, by, a, by responsible governments on the continent of Africa. Corrupt governments, those who are just looking for money from the West, are going to kill their people like fools. We shall die like fools if we have a government which is corrupt and is only waiting to be given money by the international community. We should never accept everything that comes to us without verifying it ourselves. So I shall not debate myself our reservations on the privileged information that we hold about the coming vaccine, I think I shall leave that out. I shall not deal with it. Suffice to say that I would not inject it into my body, my children's, or those I love who happen to be all Zambians. This position can only change if it is established by ourselves that the vaccine is safe. Yes, you have family. Uh, <clears throat> I tell you, I play things like that all the time to help us understand that we have been warred upon. As um, Mama Akina, Ambassador Akina stated, hundreds of years, these things just didn't happen. And they have plans. And they have plans. What is our plan? The only solution only solution I don't give a damn what anybody else says I don't give a damn what the religious people say who are uh, uh, Christian be a Catholic Methodist whatever the hell else it is I don't give a damn what Muslims say whether they're uh, Sunni Shiite uh, uh, anything else I don't give a damn about none of that and none of them I only care about Africa and Africans who are in their right minds. And those Africans understand that we need to unite. Africa must unite. We don't have no 54 uh, uh, sovereign, no. We have 54 neo-colonialist governments where Europeans still dominate, particularly the French. I wanted to play you one the, uh, when President Ledu um, from Ghana was talking and then suddenly uh, Macron who was to his left decided no you don't say it too damn much and tried to take the microphone from me you can go to YouTube and find that one because I tried to play it but somehow something else came up but anyway brothers and sisters uh, hit star twice if you want to join this conversation I hope you do like I said we will we'll, we'll go over some time and um, also too you can give us a call at 215 490 215 490 9832. 
uh, also to uh, the Kwanzaa uh, starting Friday. We'd be playing Kwanzaa music all the time. Uh, just that those four songs that the two that I played uh, Monday, the two I played today, were from my youth. And 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 uh, so you always remember reminisce about that. But no, nah, I don't get on the damn Christmas. <laughs> no. Like I said, you getting gifts from me is just like the uh, the temptation silent night. Oh, in my mind. That's <laughs> in my mind. Ain't no part of the reality. Uh, 505-505. Good afternoon. Hotel. Yes, hotel, dear brother. Uh, how you doing with the health piece? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing... Ex- 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 well, you know, I went to the doctor. They didn't release me because I still had me on this oxygen, but I haven't used oxygen in over a year. But uh-huh. they said there's some still some spots in my lungs that they're okay. going to try to treat. But I'm doing, man, I'm fine. I you got to well. stay, yeah. stay on top of that. Yeah, this, I do. Oh, I do. This, because this, is one of the best, this is one of the best shows. In fact, in my essence, my opinion, this is the best show you ever had. Oh, well, thank you, that Baba. Woman, that woman, that ambassador woman, yes. I mean, that... That ain't was she, off the chart. Yeah, ain't she strong, man? I, I, I can still chart. try to get her. Me, I'm still trying to get, get her. More, to, I gotta get more information on her because I don't oh, sure. get her name. Sure, I can. I, I could do that for you, Baba. I'll make sure I can do yeah, that for you. I'm trying to get her on the program, really, because uh, there's oh, a man, sister. Man, she's exceptional, man. I yeah. mean, there's a sister I, who works with her, see, who's this, in DC. This day program with her comments. She was just off the chart, man. Yes. I mean, that that was just fast. This takes me all the way back to '59, early '60s with Malcolm, Doctor Ben, John. Yes, Henry sir. Clark, the whole bit. She 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 nipped it all in 20 minutes, 15 minutes. She she summarized the whole thing. It's fantastic. Yes. You got to get on the show. This is the best show. You know, I listen every day. You sure do. I appreciate that, Baba. You really do. I listen Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and sometimes mm-hmm. if I can catch it on Sunday. But this mm-hmm. lady. Her summary of what the deal is in the future was just just this. Hey, man, I'm overwhelmed, man. You made my day. <laughs> Thank you, Baba. Appreciate you, man. I really do. I'm not gonna take up your time, but but stay on top of that health piece. You understand? That's yeah. important. Well, listen, listen. You you heard me talk about Franco Harris, right? He oh was, yeah, man. His ass was, he was walking around talking with people yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's dead. How, how, well, you know, I mean, listen, man, let me tell you something. From the time you come in this world as an infant, there's no timing on when you're going to leave it. That's you right. can leave it the next day or night. Or I'm 81, be 82 in March. I'll so say, in beautiful. There, in between there, you got to take care. You got to be as constant. See, I was blessed. My father was a Garveyite, so I mean, I've been, I've been, I knew about this stuff since I can remember. I, I don't know anything else. That's right. That's right. I don't know anything else. Man, I was raised in this stuff. Mm-hmm. You see, so, 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 my father told me up front. He said, "Listen," he said, "You know, the fact that you were born, that's a blessing in itself. Now, what you do with that time, that's a whole other story." That's right. That's right. See, I- what you do because you can come in, in. And you out of here at six months. You mm-hmm. could you could be out at, at fifteen years. You could be out. I, I listen. I lost all of my. You know, I played ball. All Connie Hawkins, Roger Brown. All these cats are gone. Yeah, yeah. And they were good athletes. Outstanding. Good. 
Oh, no, no, no. They were, they were superb. Yeah, superb. Yeah. <laughs> That's a more appropriate, that's a more appropriate Kamal, word. Kamal, Camp, Kamal Campbell, he'll tell you. He came up behind us. He'll tell mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. We were his examples. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But listen, man, I'm not going to take up your time because I know other cats want to rap. But listen, man, you have, listen, you have raised the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Baba. <laughs> well, okay. I, well, I tried to, man. Ochi. When I come to Atlanta, my sick just my sister who's 80, 85, oh, she beautiful. just had open heart surgery. Oh, oh wow! And I got to get down. I'm I'm out of New Mexico. I got to get down. She's begging me to come down and okay. see her because she she feels she. You got to get back to me. Let me know where I can spend an hour or so with you. I got to meet up with you. But she lives in Conyers. Oh, Conyers, Georgia. Oh, that's not no. That that's cool. I can get there to you. In fact, I can yeah, get to you and bring you to Atlanta. She used to live. She used to live in Decatur, but now she's in Conyers. But okay. listen. We got to hook up when I come through there. There's I no have doubt to we see will. Face to face in person. There's no doubt we will, Baba. No okay, doubt at listen, all. Stay, stay strong and, and keep that health thing as a priority. Yes, sir. All right. Appreciate talk, it. Talk to you later. Peace out, man. Great. Uh, that's a great call, wasn't it? Right on, Baba. Uh, 404 404697. Hello? Yes. Oh. Greetings, Robert. This is a lot of static. Yeah, you um, still got a lot of static, or how's the, how, you sound great? You sound good. It's better now. It's better now. Okay. And so you know, I'm. Uh, hey, wait, I'm wait, hold on, hold on, brothers. hold on, sister. Can you hear me? Uh, hold on, sister. Why, when you call, you be having like four or five numbers <laughs> that you call? Uh, huh? <laughs> So I don't know. What you, me? I said, why wouldn't you call to the program? You'd be calling from four and five different numbers. <laughs> oh, I have different lines. First, can I do all kinds of things? I have I have different numbers. Right on, Sister Avia. Let's go ahead, dear. What's your, what's your uh, comment? Yeah, I, I wanted to echo. Well, first of all, I want to say I love your program. They also. I'm echoing what the Baba that just got off. Yes. You know, he was saying this is one of the most powerful programs. And so I thank that ambassador. Now that 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 sister was fired. Oh, and she, she was powerful. Love her. I want more information about her. Yeah. About her, and she is teaching, and she's and she's spreading Pan Africanism. Yeah. And you know, not and saying what we have done, what we're doing, and what we're going to do, and we, you know, how we work liberation. And she was just she was yeah. phenomenal, and I was so happy to that we had that positive female energy. That we had discussed and and, and, and you know exemplifying all the unity we have and the love we have. So yes. people are saying we're not doing that. We ain't nothing. We ain't did nothing. I said, mean, look at you. Need to look at you. Look at this ambassador. Look at all these great people. There's many other silent people that work. And I thought it was uplifting and positive and powerful. And I say, I say, Baba All right, this is I say, I say to you, dear. All right. I be- Okay, four four three four four three. Good afternoon, Baba Oshi. Herb Lewis here. Hey, my brother, <laughs> brother Oshi. Fantastic show. Uh, I I I listened to the sister that you had on. What is her name? Sister Arcana. The rest of it I got to get, but Sister Arcana. She is the former ambassador, you know, and uh, they stripped her of ambassadorship, um, but she is dynamic. She is strong. I think okay. she's the strongest voice coming out of Africa. She's a Pan-Africanist. She understands that we need to be one Africa. 
She understands the dynamics of what's happening to Africa by uh, all the other entities outside of Africa, from the Chinese to the, the to the Indians to the Europeans and so forth. You know, so that sister and and I've said this and I said this to a friend of mine. You know, uh, you know, because she she's working uh, in D.C. Uh, with uh, Congresswoman Gwen Moore, you know, oh, and, okay. and Sister H, she is um, just a dynamic sister. And in fact, that's who I was trying to get uh, to get to Sister Arkina through her. I'm gonna still try to do that. I'm gonna give her a call because I would love to have her on the program. But um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, I, I believe she would. She would do it because it's, she's trying to get the message out. But yeah. what I got from what she what I got from what she said. It's something that I've already I've realized years ago that the United States works from the same the same racist uh, cracker playbook that they've been working sure. from for years. They work from a position. They, 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 they use a position of power. In other words, they're very arrogant people. Mm-hmm. She said they're they're disrespecting Africans. And mm-hmm. you see that right now in this country. We are being disrespected. And you can see the disrespect by looking at the news. There's mm-hmm. no category on Africa, there's a, there's a, you, you'll see things that happen in Italy. You'll see things that happen in the Ukraine, but you don't see anything that happens in Africa. You don't see unless they're doing something that they think is wrong or mm-hmm. fighting or something. No, never anything positive about Africa mm-hmm. or right. anything at all about Africa. Right. What she's saying is, when they come to the table, they don't come to the table and say, uh, <clears throat> "What we're going to do." They say, this is what we're going to do, and you have to either go along with it or you get to nothing. But what the United States is realizing, that the game has changed. And she's absolutely right. If it was a basketball game, the coach would call a timeout. He'd bring mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. five over, mm-hmm. and if he was a good coach, yeah. he'd change the whole five. Right. He'd put the second string in. Mm-hmm. See, because what's happening is they've already used up their second string. They've used up their third string. Hmm. The United States is, is – is, it's predictable to the point where I'm a high school graduate without a diploma, without a degree, and I can figure out the game that they're playing. Right. So you, you think the minds, these, these, the minds of these Africans in the country with, with advanced degrees can't figure this out? They've already – the United States is not job one. It's not America. Let's make it great again. Again mm-hmm. ain't happening. It's, it's a wrap. This country – and, you know, a, a guy said it a long time ago from Russia. His name was Brezhnev, Bushnev or whatever his name was. He said this country will implode in on itself because the way capitalism works is it's a right. greed, right. It's, it's a greed thing. Right. It, it never gets enough. Ne- exactly. It never gets enough never. humans. It never gets enough feelings. It never gets enough. Oh, I just want to eat you and keep eating your children and your children's children until mm. eventually right. there's nothing left. We are these people. These white people here are acting like animals like they, they worship they worship money savages and then but they're savages mm-hmm. they actually are and they want you to believe that you want to be me mm-hmm. and, and, and you and we're going to keep pushing this agenda and slow walk you and i said this before on your show and i'll keep saying it they're going to slow walk you into wherever they want you to be and that's why we're into you know i got a baby gotta have a christmas and you're <laughs> running out here i went to the mall and these people were falling all over themselves Buying things for people they don't like with money they don't have, <laughs> yep. and they are and they are happy. They mm-hmm. they have, they have their reality was happiness. They have 
fooled themselves into believing that I'm happy because this is, they said on TV this is the most wonderful time of the year, and I'm it's wonderful, and it's not. <laughs> it's not because man. the day after Christmas you still got to pay the bill. Yeah. The day after Christmas you still got to go to work and let the white boy tell you what he feels like telling you because he believes he's better than you. And if you don't believe it, book up on him and see what happens mm-hmm. and watch the viciousness come out of him. Because it's all cute and everything while the TV's on, while the, while the camera's on, Biden's talking and he's putting down Trump. But let you make a move he don't like. He will turn all that Trump, all that Trump meanness on to you. you. On to you. Yep. And anybody that looks like you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it right there. All right, brother my brother. Ocean, Thank you I so much, brother. I on and on. I want some other people to call. I got you. This show is amazing. I appreciate See, that you, brother. That woman put it out there. She put it on point. And if you can't get it from that, then you're not going to get it. Not yeah. today. But we're going to keep working on That's you. That's right. I'm never, ever going to give up on my people. <laughs> never, I'm brother. never going to give up. Hey, listen. Never. I'm, I've been here now eight years, man. It's as consistent as, I, as consistent as I can be, and will be here till the end, whatever that is. To be to the right. end. Appreciate you, brother, and I hope you'll be here with I me. Appreciate man. you too. All right, bro. Peace. Yes, sir. I will. Peace. Alfonso Watkins, what's up, Doc? Well, peace and blessings. Thank you for brother. listening, man. Doing, I'm man? doing well, man. How about you? All right, man. All right. I, I um got in a little late, but clearly the the science that you was dropping and sharing today has moved the spirit of our people, man. So to hear the elders yeah. say what they saying, man, I'm I'm gonna go back and um listen to this one and, and see see what I miss. Okay, um, yeah, do that, please. But it. but uh, you know, but we always we we always we've been having this conversation, and it's just to the point now. Um, uh, we we have to get strategic. And, and 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 logistical about how we're going to address this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so 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 part of that conversation is once again um, creating a um, um, some 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 think tanks and 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 spaces for us to come up with with something to activate yeah. um, our defense um, to to respond to this, get on the offense. But once again, we got to create a buffer um, in between us and them. So that we can create um, some young right. people who who can carry this forward, right? Who who won't so, be influenced? So like to say, that won't be a part of me and your conversation. Okay, right on. Because who won't be influenced? Those who who have the heart and the will to move this thing forward, and and who won't right. just be uh, uh, in, enamored and enraptured with social media and all the other uh, trappings that this country has always right. thrown out there, man. Right, you know. And, so, right. And, yeah. and we got to create a paradigm shift where we can help our brothers and sisters, those who are ready to come. Because, uh, big bro, there's a reality to we're going to have to separate from some of our own, man. Yeah. We got to deal with that. Yeah. But we, we have to create a space to reconceptualize what this reality is going to look like moving mm. into the 21st, 22nd century yeah. and, and start planning for that. Yeah. Because, I mean, so, so like did you say, see, man, because, I, I just, because you <laughs> see what they've done. You hear right. what they did. That's why I played this piece, brother. That's why I played this. I said, this is their this is this is their plan for us, and it don't include us. Their plan nah. for us don't include us. Their plan is genocide. Their plan is extermination. Their plan is murder. These some evil ass people we dealing with. Right. And a lot of us right. just don't want to come to understand or come to grips with that reality. Because right. they're so and, and we, go ahead. Right. 
And we just got to start having, once again, military war conversations, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we cannot we cannot have this conversation if we're not talking about militarizing ourselves. Right. If we not understand the science of warfare, because if we're not talking about it, our brain, our spirit is not creating the necessary energy to combat it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we got to have a conversation and we got to be able to, once again, strategically and logistically look at how are we going to protect ourselves and our future generations? I mean, until these folks exterminate themselves, because they can't exterminate us, but they're going to hold up our progress. Yep. I tell you, man, it, it, it's deep, ain't it? It is deep. Yeah, I love it, it is, man. I love it. You know, somebody said this is a, oh, man, he hasn't been on the program in a while, man. Research West. Give him a call. He ain't been on the program where he says this is a good time to live. And in essence, he's right. It, it is a good time because this is going to be a transformation. This, real this, talk. Yeah, it's going to be a transformation of, of all that foolishness and stupidity and negroness. <laughs> it's going to be a time for Africa, for African right, emergency. Right. It, and it, I remember. It's our time. Yeah, it is. I remember some others that said that, and of course it didn't happen. I remember some people talking about this is going to be our decade in the 90s and 2000s, and now it's the 2020s, you know, and it'll continue to go on. There has to be a point where, just as you said, we, we, we have drawn the line in the sand with us. To hell with the crackers, but with us. Are you with us? With us. If you are with us, come on, let's go. This is the direction we're going. Now, if you're not, you're going to be in, either you're going to be in the house or you're going to be out of the house. And once your ass is out of the house, you are considered enemy. Just like the cracker, yeah. just like everybody else. Stay out the way. Stay out the way, stay man. Stay out the way. Yep. Because right. we, because we moving. All right, dear brother. Yes. Just stay on, because I'm gonna All stay right, on a little ball alone. All right, brother. Peace. Uh, Mama Nabantu. Mama Nabantu. Good afternoon. Mama Nabantu. She must have walked away from. Yes, her. I'm here. All right, dear. Appreciate you. You know that, and thank you for all that you information that you shared, uh, that you sent. I appreciate it. Um, also, too, um, I'm going to get that Kwanzaa Association piece, and uh, we'll be talking about Kwanzaa, of course, this Friday for the, all the upcoming next week, and I will have that information of where Kwanzaa's are happening across the country, you know. And, all uh, right. And, uh, yeah, because, I mean. Yeah, our goal, our goal <laughs> is to eventually have a national Kwanzaa uh, uh, celebration directory. So that if you're traveling throughout the Kwanzaa season, you will know how to yeah. find where the Kwanzaa's are. Yeah, I remember. When nobody, I, to, I remember when I used to come nobody. here uh, back in, you know, before I moved here, and I used to go to the shrine for Kwanzaa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did. I came here back and forth because my children were living here mm-hmm. before I moved here, and I would always try to find it. And now my daughter's in Houston. I go to the Kwanzaa at the Shrine in Houston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't know, you know, and I had to search to find out where they were and all that. Mm-hmm. But it would be nice to have this directory where you can always right. find where the Kwanzaa's are. Right. Yeah. Appreciate that. All right, yeah. my sister. Also, too, um, oh, man, this, this, was a, this was a good program for the Pan-African Federalist Movement, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I mean, I had heard. You got to pronounce her name correctly. It's Aracana. Aracana. Okay, Sister Aracana. Yeah. Aracana. I thought it was Arcana. It was Aracana. Yeah. Okay. Arcana. You kept saying Arcana. Right. Yeah, Aracana. (laughs) 
So that's how I looked at it. And I said, that's, so it's Aracana. Aracana. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, well, I'm going to get the name right, you know. Uh, <laughs> I know you will. Because I, I have a friend who's in D.C. She works with Congressman Gwen Moore of Wisconsin, Sister Asmira. Sister Asmira, she's beautiful. As is just a beautiful sister. And uh, give, her, give her a call. She has connections with Sister Aracana. In fact, we talked about it sometime. We were trying to, you know, make that happen. But I'm going to try to put some serious effort into making that happen. That would be a real beautiful thing if we had her on the program and the opportunity to talk with her. It is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, to. I know. From what I understand, very, that's what the sister yeah. told me. But, <laughs> but, but the sister is 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 the connection, and and of course she's a very busy person in concerning concerning the things that she's involved in. You know, so I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right, my sister. All right, so I will all see right. you soon. At one well, of the Kwanzaa, sure. yeah. Oh yeah. Peace. Okay. Uh, 404, 404, good afternoon. Hey, brother Ossie, I just called in. I'm, I'm just, uh, I called because I was listening on the other, the radio, and they had that commercial to cut, cut in. Oh, really? I, I could hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. So that's why I'm calling. Wonderful show. We say Santa Sana to you. It's awesome. Thank you, my sister. Santa Sana. All right. Peace. Uh, good afternoon, Ted. Lusk. Good, good afternoon, Brother Oshie. Once again, a very good program. I, I have to ditto everyone who has gone before me and commented. Um, I'm, of course, multitasking as I go here. Right, but, I know you uh, are, but but, again, but, but, yeah, you pretty, but, to... but you pretty much been on uh, mostly all the programs, so I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to just register our um, Kwanzaa. We're going to try to do something here in Montgomery on the 27th. Um, uh, at the public library here, uh, we'll try to put the feelers out to see those who will come. We're going to be featuring the Black Candle documentary. Oh uh, yeah, Malafia so, Santi's uh, yeah. son. So, yeah, it's a good right. piece. So we want to try to uh, mm-hmm. uh, get those uh, individuals educated with that as well, and um, have Excellent. some uh, African drumming, etc. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to slowly but surely get our way work our way onto the map too as well right on make it happen man and on the 27th that's that's uh kuji chakali is one of my first best days yes. of kwanzaa yes. so so make that make that happen my brother okay working on it all right yes. peace, peace to you brother. peace. Peace. brothers and sisters i thank all those who called especially baba who who commended the the, the, the program and for those who listen yeah definitely my good friend brother irv irv and all of you sister mama nabantu all of you this is Habia, all of y'all. I love y'all, and I love those who are listening. Uh, you know, maybe they don't want to call in, but they want to listen. That's great. Whatever you want to do, as far as this program is concerned, just want to listen, fine. You want to call in, get some comments, you know, and you're long-winded too, that's fine too, you know, because this is our program. This ain't Oshi's program. This is our program. This is our program to enlighten us, to inform us, to help us understand we are an African people. And as an African people, we must unite. If we are to be a people in the future, if we don't, we won't. Believe me, and you know we won't make it. Brothers and sisters, we in this program like we in all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and commit 
to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants and everybody can't do without. And sure in the hell, damn it, they don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shim Hotel means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Vahodier. Bibi Vahodier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. See you on Friday, family. Peace.